Welcome to the Joe Watt podcast. I am Joe Vendramini from the Range Cattle Research and Education Center. And today our guest is Dr. Felipe Moriel from the Range Cattle Research and Education Center at the University of Florida. Felipe, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for the invitation. Felipe, can you please tell us some background information about you? Sure. Uh, I am originally from Brazil. I got my bachelor degree in animal science from Sao Paulo State University in 2008. Uh, then came to the United States to do my graduate school, did my master's at the University of Wyoming, then PhD at the University of Florida at the Range Cattle Research and Education Center. Finished in 2013 and then I went and I was hired at North Carolina State University where I worked for two and a half years as an assistant professor at the Mountain Research Station in Waynesville. And then in 2016, I came back to the University of Florida as a faculty as well, and as an assistant professor at the Ranch Cattle Station at Oman since. And, and Philippe, your area of focus, it has been management in general, but you are doing a lot of supplementation work. And one of the interesting among the projects that you are doing is one of the interesting projects is the one about fetal programming. It seems a very uh, current topic that people are excited about it. So I would like to explore the fetal programming talking with you. So could you please uh, tell us the definition and the, the basics of what is fetal programming? Yeah, so this area is it's quite interesting because it offers a lot of opportunity to improve the overall performance of the entire herd. We have always paid attention to nutrition of beef females, uh, always focusing on their reproductive performance, right, on the subsequent breeding season. Uh, but uh, over the past 20, 25 years, more and more research in all species have shown that the nutrition of a pregnant female is also important to determine how the quality of the offspring, right? The performance and the health of the offspring. So the concept is that because the fetal is developing during the entire pregnancy, all the tissues are being developed during the entire pregnancy. Uh, and you can change the nutrition of this female throughout pregnancy and that might modulate how these tissues are being developed. And because a lot of these tissues continue to develop even after birth, so there's a lot of potential to manipulate how these calves are going to perform in the future. So, for example, there has been a lot of um, interest on how does stress during gestation affect the health of calves once they're born, for example. But at ONA, we focus a lot on how the nutrition during the late gestation impact those animals, uh, mostly because the characteristics of our region and of our animals. We're going to talk in a minute. And, and Philippe, um, focusing more on the beef cattle standpoint, can you tell us some information that is already uh, present in the literature that shows some evidence of fetal yeah. programming? Uh, about 20 years ago, or a little less than that, uh, a lot of research come up with looking at supplementation with protein supplements during the last trimester of gestation. And people used to focus only during that period of gestation because that's when the majority of the calf growth happens during gestation. So for example, two thirds of a calf growth happens during the last three months of gestation. 
And it's also really close to calving time. So it was important to make sure these cows would calve in good condition. Right? So the protein supplementation before just uh, calving was always focused on improving the reproductive performance of the mothers. But they also start following how the calves behave after they were born. And there has been several studies in other parts of the United States showing that when you improve the nutritional status of those cows during the last three months of gestation, you can actually increase weaning weights by close to 20 pounds. And there's also evidence that you can increase carcass quality, more carcasses grading choice or better, and greater marbling spores. And there's also evidence that the heifers born from those cows that received uh, improved nutrition during late gestation, they also achieved purity sooner. So that's great news for the producer, the cow-calf producer, because now you not only have uh, the improved performance of the mothers during the reproductive performance to pay to help pay for the cost of supplementation, but you also might be harvesting a better quality calf heavier at weaning or better carcass or uh, achieving purity at a much earlier age. So all of those studies that were done in other parts of the United States, some of them in Australia, but uh, this topic really picked it up over the last 15 years in terms of evaluating beef cattle performance. And, and Philippe, uh, going back to the literature, so we know we, we see the other parts of the United States, so we know that that is primarily focused on Bostoros, right? So right. English breeds and some continental breeds, but um, so how does, does that translate to our subtropical and, and how the animals that has more of the, the Bosindicus uh, bloodlines, they, they would respond to those stimulus? Yeah, that's a, a great question because um, if you see them, uh, there's a lot of cattle in subtropical and subtropical environments, right? So when we look at fetal programming uh, studies, the vast majority were done with Bostados animals in cool season grasses. And unfortunately, there were a lot of people extrapolating those results to animals in our region, right? And with animals that has more Bostados influence, and animals that are grazing warm season grasses in a much more challenging environment. So when I came back to University of Florida, that was one of my goals, was to actually focus more on that area to see if our animals are behaving as, as good as the other studies have reported in, as in other parts of the United States. So we wanted to see if, are we also gonna have greater weaning weights or carcass quality or, or earlier puberty achievement if we apply the same or similar nutritional strategies here in a tropical, the tropical environment. And so far we have, uh, and, but when you compare the, the, the response that we're getting here and response that we're getting in other countries, for example, Brazil, where they're focusing on animals that are 100% bosinicus, it seems that they do respond on a positive way to, uh, towards uh, supplementing during late gestation, but not as much as other papers have reported in other regions. Now, we're still in a much earlier stage. We need more studies, more evidence, different nutritional strategies to come up with a conclusion. It's still really early to, to make a, a, a definite conclusion, but it does seem that the animals that have Balsinicus influence, they're, more, they're able to spare the fetus a little bit more than the ones that are with the Balsinicus. Now, we might change that view in a few years as we start collecting more data, but that's what it seems like 
that we uh, we observe. So to give you one an example, um, those studies that I told you that they were supplemented with protein during late gestation, one pound of a protein supplement during the last three months of gestation with uh, animals that were bostaros, they observed close to 20 pounds of additional weaning weights on those animals. And in our situation, we're using supplementation a little bit higher than that, close to two pounds, two and a half pounds per day during the last trimester of gestation. And we see somewhere between 10 to 30 pounds. It really depends on the study. So the variation is higher, but most of them are more close to the 10, 15 pound difference. Um, but again, like I said, it's too early because we are still doing a lot of those studies. We need more data. We need more uh, focus on that area. They are responding in a much in a positive way, but not as much as we, we thought they would. And, and the, the few um, research projects that are already published in the literature, so are they consistently positive or they have with Bosindicus? Yeah, our environment. The ones that we have published, what is the response? Yeah, so I can tell you it is highly variable, more variable than what we have seen with Bostavos. Uh, for example, there are a lot of re the research that are currently available in Brazil, for example, using 100% Bostavos. Most of the studies do not see a positive response on any weights, for example. Now, the reason might be because the supplementation amount was just too small to induce any, any effect. So we don't have any study uh, using the same amount of supplementation on the same environment and comparing those differences of Bosindicus blood to, to, to draw a conclusion. But at ONA, for example, since we started those studies in 2017, that we, have, we see two responses that are very consistent. One is increasing winning weights. We are increasing, like I said, 10 to 30 pounds, depending on the strategy and also is the health of the animals. Something positive that we see is that calves that are born from cows that receive supplementation before calving, they do respond better to a vaccine against bovine respiratory disease. More calves respond to the vaccination, and those that do respond to the vaccine, they also have greater amount of production of antibodies. All right, so you not only have more calves that are giving you, uh, responding to the vaccine, right? But also those that do respond, they have a stronger immune response to the vaccination. And this is something that's very consistent. We have done four studies so far, uh, and it happened in all of them, uh, the immune system. Winning weights happened in three of them. We increased winning weights in three of those studies. Only one of them, we did not increase the winning weights of those cows. Of those cows, I'm sorry. And, uh I think, Philippe, there, there is something there as well that we are trying to target that body condition, the ideal body condition at birth, right? I think that's the main goal. Um, and then we are adding supplement. But also, I think a, a question is, we reached that five, right? Five, body condition score five. So is there an advantage of bumping up the supplementation? You know, and, and probably those cows will reach close to six, right? Yes that that may not be really beneficial to reproduction, but somehow it may, if you keep your animals, keep the ownership and finish your animals, or in any other situation, that you keep your heifers and you're gonna have a, a, a better pregnancy rates for, for yeah. yearlings, so on and so forth. So. Yeah, that's, that's a great 
point, John, because uh, that's exactly what happens at our uh, station, right? So we wean our calves the last week of July, first week of August. Uh, and those cows will start calving around late October right? or early November. So breeding season is started in uh, January. So when you're looking in August, when we wean those cows, they are in great condition. They are in body condition score five. So technically you will not need supplementation. And we have plenty of grass. So when I talk to people about supplementing before calving, everybody thinks that we're, we're crazy because we have plenty of grass and the cows are on body condition score five. Those cows, they will lose some condition in the last 30 to 40 days of gestation, right? Which will put them around body condition score slightly below five, right? But when we look at their pregnancy rates compared to those that are kept on body condition score six, we didn't see much of a difference. But every study that we ran here on with the field program, we see a positive response due to su supplementation. So what in terms of harvesting a benefit of, pro, uh, of improved performance of the calf, that seems to happen regardless of the condition of the cow. Is the actual improvement on nutritional status during late gestation that causes this better uh, performance of the calves, regardless of the body condition score of the cow? So yes, in our studies, they start in a good condition five. They calve in a body condition score five without no supplementation. The animals that did receive supplementation, they calve in a body condition score six. And like I said, we did not see any differences in pregnancy rates, but the calf performance consistently improved. And in that scenario, and that was like last year, using the calf prices of last year when we ended the study, I can tell you, for example, we ran a study for two years looking at supplementation with dry distillers grains, about two, uh, two pounds of dry distillers grains for the last uh, 70 to 80 days before calving. And then we look compare that with uh, no supplementation um, at all to those cows before calving. Then after calving, everybody was treated exactly the same. So like I said, the group that would receive supplementation, they kept in a body condition score of six or slightly higher. And the group that did not receive supplementation, they kept in a 4.75, really close to a five. After calving, those cows did not lose more than half a percent of their, uh, half of a point of body condition score. So they kept good and their loss was very minimal after that. So pregnancy rates did not differ. But the calf weaning weights were 30 pounds heavier for those that were born from cows that received supplementation compared to those that were not. And this study, we're, we're finishing it up writing the manuscript and we should send it this year. And when you run the numbers of those calves, just the actual extra weaning weights of those animals paid off for the supplementation that we invested before calving. So if you're running into a situation that your cows are starting, that you're weaning your calves on a body condition score four, so you know that they're going to calve in a much lower than that, that in that scenario, the pre-calving supplementation will most likely also increase the pregnancy rates of those animals, not just the calf performance. But so far, and obviously like any nutritional strategy, uh, I can't always say that it will be paid off because that highly depends on the calf price and the price of the supplement. But even we, what the, the good thing is that we have been able to pay it off even though we, we did not observe any positive effects on reproductive performance of the mothers. And now what we're trying to do now is to evaluate different supplements, different amounts or different frequencies of supplementation. 
always trying to minimize the cost and still harvest the better performance of the mother and the care. Yeah, um, and Philippe, we are going towards the end of our conversation here today. So uh, before we finish, I'd like to ask you if you, what is uh, your activities like as a hobby? What do you do on your extra time? When you have some extra time, what do you like to do? Uh, for the past few years, biking has been quite of a hobby. After hurting the knee, I cannot run anymore with you guys at lunch. But uh, one hobby that became a, a, a passion for me is fishing, uh, especially at the Bahamas. There's a lot of good fishing there, so quite blessed to be able to do that. That Yeah, that's great. So, Philippe, uh, I would like to thank you for your participation in the podcast today. I am Joe Vendramini. Joe what? <laughs>